local, in town, out of town, overseas, whatever the case may be, we are drawing to our close our Matthew in a Month walk through the Gospel of Matthew. We chose this, this gospel because we thought it would be a great companion piece to what we've been learning uh, from Peter's letter. Uh, we, of course, have been walking through Peter's letter on Sunday mornings together, and Peter's a prominent uh, person in Matthew's gospel, and, and hopefully we've, we've been able to see how those stories mesh and how Peter's drawing upon his experiences in writing his own letter. But now we're drawing to um, a close. And so as we, as we look at Matthew 28, um, let me pray for Lord Jesus, an, an amazing gospel, an amazing book, and thank you for giving it to us. And so, Lord, it is just as relevant for us and the church 2,000 years after it was written as it was then. Um, and it's an ongoing purpose, has an ongoing purpose for us because it, it's, a, it's a charter for our life. It's a commission. It's, um, it tells us where we're going, what we should be doing. And so, Lord, we acknowledge you uh, and your kingship and lordship this morning and ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, hearken back. That sounded like old English, didn't it? Hearken back to, I don't know, a month ago when we started this journey through Matthew. And we said that one of Matthew's pastoral purposes was to show his Jewish uh, readers that Jesus, in fact, was the true Messiah King. He was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises, that he was the king that they had been waiting for, looking for. He was not the king they expected, right? Um, he came as a suffering king. He came as a king not to set up an earthly kingdom at this time. He came as a king to die. He came as a king to sacrifice himself for his, his subjects. And Matthew is wanting to draw his gospel to a close by once more giving us kind of a, a surprise or a, an aspect of this eternal kingship Jesus has that makes it unique from any other king that's ever lived. And, um, and, and he's gonna put a kind of an exclamation point on this by showing us that while most, while all earthly kings die, okay, of course, um, and when they die, their reign has ended. The exact opposite is true of Jesus, that while he died, he is a risen king, a resurrected king, and because of that, he is now an eternal king. And he's going to show us how this eternal king um, propagates and extends his rule and reign beyond his time here on earth. And the way he's going to propagate that reign, extend his reign, and the, is going to be by, by calling his people, his holy people, a royal people, remember that language from, from Peter, um, into living on mission for the king um, until the king returns. All right, so, so the chapter opens with, of course, the soldiers guarding the tomb. And the stone, the angel appears, rolls the stone away. And what's interesting is that typically soldiers, when they're guarding a king, they're guarding 
a they have an you know, kings have an entourage they have a the secret service so to speak they have the soldiers that are assembled around them to guard them to protect them and so already it's just it's an irony okay matthew's pointing out to us that that in fact there is this entourage of shoulders guarding the king who's supposedly dead and while he's dead not not even this guardian of soldiers can keep him in the tomb and so so matthew is closing his book by reminding us that jesus is a resurrected king and just as kings would call their subjects together and give them a royal charter or a royal commission or a decree um, jesus calls his disciples together and gives them a royal charter gives them a royal commission he's speaking to them as subjects and it's a very familiar passage um, for us it's called the great commission but let's read it together matthew 28 18 through 20. and jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i've commanded you and behold i am with you always to the end of the age now what's interesting about this charter okay or this proclamation on uh, the part of the king that is that is unique okay in several ways one is that it it seems clear that the way that this charter um, is going to be is going to happen is going to be through his subjects okay so this is not going to be you know think about an earthly king and they would come to collect tax taxes there is this coercive force being um, implemented well jesus says no 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 this is going to be a charter a commission i give to my people and the reason we know it's given to us and not just the disciples is that he t tells them they're going to go into all of the nations okay surely more than a lifetime's labor right he is going to be with you always to the end of the age so so we know that this is a commission that is given to us um, as God's people 2,000 years later, and it will be our commission till we die, till Jesus comes again to the end of the age. It's our reason for existing. Okay, if you want to know what is my purpose in life, okay, what is what is to be my charter, what is to be my uh, instructions from my king, it's going to be found right here in this great commission that Jesus is extending his rule and reign through us through his people, um, through the church. And let's just note a couple of things about this amazing commission. First of all, Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So Jesus's authority extends beyond earthly authority. It's heavenly authority. It's eternal authority. And because of that, we are assured as his people of certain success, okay? Um, meaning that ultimately there will be a day in time when Jesus extends his rule and his reign completely across the face of the earth. Now, he gives us this command, this imperative in verse 19 to go, to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, there's two things to note about this. One is that clearly this is the mission of the church. And so the, the, the church is God's people um, we're we're ultimately about 
other things in this life than simply meeting our own temporal needs, right? We have a greater purpose. We are called to be on mission. Um, a second thing to note about this is that this is not a commission just for church leaders or the professional ministers or the pastors or the elders. This is something we all own as the people of God. And this does not mean that we have to go overseas or minister in a full-time vocational context um, to be a part of the King's Commission. We do it in wherever we're going, whatever we're doing. So remember, um, in the ancient world, subjects occupied all spheres of society, whether they were a coppersmith or uh, they made shoes or they stayed at home or they farmed. Wherever they went, they were to represent the king, right? And so in the same way, whatever we're called to do, we're to be pointing people to this idea that, in fact, Jesus is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. That he is in the business of calling people to himself to be a part of his kingdom. And the only way that we can be a part of his kingdom is by turning from our sin, trusting in his death for us as the suffering king, but now he's the resurrected king and we want to, to follow him. And so, so this is something that's entrusted, given to all of us. And so just as um, in that day and age when a king would come and conquer a piece of territory and people would join in um, under the king's rule and submission. This is the picture we have of what God is doing through his people over the face of the whole earth. Um, when it talks about baptizing them, that means they're being incorporated into the church. They're being incorporated into the family of God, teaching them to observe. And so there is this, this responsibility for the church to always be teaching its people about its king, what the king has called us to, to do, where the king has called us to go and that we are to view all of life from the grid that this this kingdom is temporary this earthly kingdom is fading but jesus is building an eternal kingdom and when we are making disciples what we are doing is we are calling people into out of the dark out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light to follow the risen king who died for them, laid his life down for them. And this is something that makes a claim, church, upon us in all spheres, all areas of our life. And so we are on commission, we are on mission, whether we're a stay-at-home mom, whether we're a student, whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we're rich, whether we're, we're poor, whether we're uh, spending our days um, cleaning the home, or at the office or in this day and age maybe we're cleaning the home and at the office all at the same time you get this idea that there's never a time where we don't bear the name of our king there's never a time and never an occasion where we don't have opportunity to represent jesus and all that we're doing and to proclaim the good news in all spheres of our lives and when god's people do that when God's people um, don't believe that this is simply a, a commission entrusted to the professional class of clergy, but when all of God's people are on mission, 
um, amazing things happen. God builds his kingdom through broken people, through his broken subjects that he loves and he dies for. And, and what a great note to end this gospel on to remind us that when we turn off this camera today and go about our business, we are going with the mantle of the authority and the lordship of the king, representing him, proclaiming his good tidings wherever we are. Okay, so just um, to kind of forecast where we're going with these morning devotionals, um, we've gone through Acts, we've gone through Matthew. Uh, I think these have been... Um, um, just from for me real enriching times I've really enjoyed doing this and so our plan as we enter the fall season the ministry season towards the end of the summer is to continue them uh, regardless of how much we're meeting together as a church or not I think we want to continue to to press these forward um, and so uh, but we're gonna take a little hiatus so I'm gonna be out of town a couple of weeks traveling uh, I know many of you are. There's a number of things coming up with July 4th, Father's Day, etc. So, so we're going to take a little summer hiatus. We're going to we're going to reconvene back here uh, sometime toward the end of July, beginning of August. So take about a six week break, and we're going to jump into something new as we kick off the fall ministry season together. But for now, enjoy the summer, savor the summer. Uh, uses an opportunity to read and meditate and grow and and commune with God and we will be giving you the heads up when we're going to be cranking this up again but it's been um, a great time this season doing these and look forward to being back here before you know it let me pray Lord go before us now commission us um, let us take your mantle of authority let us proclaim the good tidings of the king to everyone we come in contact with and go before us today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, see you, Forex.